Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So the first thing I'm going to say about BoJack Horseman episodes uh, 4, 9, and 4, 10 relates to something that we're going to talk about in the show Closing Banter, but how do you feel in general about voiceovers? I, don't, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's time-specific. I don't think that I've ever really thought about it as um, until I started watching How Did This Get Made, watching, listening to How Did This Get Made. I never really thought about ADR or yeah. voiceovers in like any sort of meaningful way. We're talking specifically about episode 4.9, which feature which had a sort of a running voiceover the entire time and then cascading levels of story under it. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> at some point I thought, wait, how many stories deep are we right now? Cause you got into Bojack oh, telling a story in the story and you're like, huh, this is okay. That's pretty good. But you kept the overarching voiceover. I don't know. I kind of liked it. So I'm sorry. This is a, this is a topic that I want to talk about a lot. Kirkland snacks. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean that you wanted to talk about a lot you're you're making it sound like i'm out on kirkland snacks i am not out on kirkland snacks i am in I on am. kirkland snacks they are pretty darn good kirkland signatures dude you gotta oh. get those absolutely yeah. man so many happy snack hours they have so much i mean it is amazing to see the different boxes of like the different snack options that they have what bojack was not a fan no bojack was not a fan and it tells you uh either what era he's from that kirkland snacks would not be something that he enjoys or just like that he makes a little bit more bank than we we do (laughs) (laughs) and uh but you had a favorite quote too uh well if you have to murder someone (laughs) a pedophile murderer no (laughs) no pedophile slash murderer wow that really does change that doesn't it (laughs) this is a great part i mean i love keith olbermann's role in general i know it's it's pretty good it's it's very good him being in there in the uh msnbc um role of things and just being totally clueless well, if you have to murder someone. <laughs> and you put in here the B-list versus the B-list, which I appreciated. And that's, that's bordering on pun. The Jessica it, it is. B-list. Yeah. Uh, but then did you catch the, the seal list and the C-list? Oh, I didn't catch that one. Was that <laughs> Princess Carolyn at the end of the episode references seal? Uh, oh, right. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. comes in the seal list. Oh, the C-list. <laughs> Man, they just knock Jessica Beale back down. They really do. I swear she I know. Be. I how much of this how much of the storyline arcs do you think they revealed? I mean, admittedly it's hard for her to record the part about eating Zach Braff without sort of knowing what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but I mean, she had to get some of the B-list stuff. She says her own makeup line, right? She says B-list. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. But you know what? So I was on Twitter last night. I think last night, and I saw Christopher Paolini, author of the Aragon books, <laughs> The Inheritance, inaptly named trilogy, I believe. Um, talking about his dragons compared to the Game of Thrones dragons, in which he's like, mine are smarter, prettier, and he, I think he said so, and bigger. <laughs> it's like, okay, buddy. Wow. That's great. Hey, I mean, you know, defend, defend your IP, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Game of Thrones does peddle a very particular idiom for their dragons and you know clearly not inherited from the tolkien-esque dragon scheme right and in which yeah and aragon is a just a really modern reading of kind of the tolkien dragon because game of thrones is kind of more in line with the original tolkien except for that these rr martin has intelligent dragons but they don't speak or communicate Whereas like Tolkien's do speak and communicate yeah. and they're very intelligent. What's the size of Tolkien? I mean, Smog is bigger than Drogon, right? I would say so, but is he the size of Beleriand the Dread? I would say he's bigger. No, Smog must be bigger. I, I think so too. I think that they're I think that in that scheme they're much bigger, but Yeah, they're again much bigger. Yeah. Dragons are really just kind of like dinosaur sized? in our martins no one would have no one would have the hubris to compare their dragons to tolkien's <laughs> no i know and i was so tempted on the twitter chain to just be like glaurung and to talk about how awesome he was <laughs> yeah you're like uh not gonna touch that one no no those are the superior dragons all right again we are fantasy baseball podcast supposedly though you might have forgotten it this week we are going to do some way too early 2018 top 60 rankings um other people's have come out so you come out you can compare ours to say eric caravel's on the espn page and i think i will certainly at least reference it a couple times but we're going to jump right in starting a little bit with talking about our philosophy in the first half and reviewing the rounds three through five so we're going to count down from 60 to number one and then in the second half we will review the first two rounds of guys and we'll hit up our differences so here we go now i have a couple thoughts about the philosophy here and you can you can of course feel free to disagree with me i would say that in ranking our top 60 going into 2018 right now we wanted to capture the sort of zeitgeisty spirit of the end of the 2017 season. Oh, yeah, exactly. I.e., I want to stay free of the uh, the Daniel Murphy-style off-season narratives and create sort of a baseline comparison here, or postseason postseason narratives. Um, I got one ground rule. Let's see if you have any other ones. My ground rule is that this has to be considered single-year fantasy value, i.e., we're not doing keeper rankings. This is just one year, 2018. I totally agree because it's hard to do whether you are in the middle of of a fantasy of a fantasy keeper or dynasty um, league or whether you're um, drafting for the first time. So might as well just talk about what is it for 2018. 
All right, so how about this? We, we are sharing a spreadsheet right now. Neither of us has seen the other person's list. So this is going to be a first, just a straight up first reaction. So you want to do a, a reveal of our first round 60 to 49? Let's do it. Yeah, I just put mine in there. These look nothing alike. <laughs> and this is where I, I, I was concerned they were going to look the farthest. These, man, these... These are not similar at all. Are there? Is there any player Whit that is, is the only one in both data sets? Nice. So in our in our ostensible fifth round, we only we only agree on one player. Um, I can see guys that I have ranked higher, so I'm really curious. Um, I will say oh, that yeah. I will say that Joey Gallo is the first guy out on my end. Um, Joey Gallo is 61 on my list. Okay, so, so that's really close, and he almost didn't make it, except for I decided to cut. I I decided to cut some players, yeah. And I I'm I'm interested to know where you're going to go with this because you have Kenley Jansen in here. Um, in terms, you know, zeroing in on some of the the other differences. Um, I have I have two starting pitchers. You you don't have any starting pitchers in this round, so I'm curious. I'm curious to know where those guys are going to stack up. No, everyone's all the all the pitchers that I thought were worth uh, all the starting pitchers i guess are ahead of i i mean i'm i'm gonna guess i so in my list i have justin verlander and Irvin santana and we'll figure out a way to publish these so that you can follow along while you're reading or while you're listening to this but i have uh, justin verlander and Irvin santana in here and i'm gonna guess that neither of those made your list no <laughs> based on the based on the top 12 um you had Irvin santana in here what are you what is this number, twins bias dude, the numbers the numbers laid it out i will i can show you the hard pencil and paper calculation that i did that he ranks above justin verlander and all right okay all right wow 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 wow, um, wow. Someone who I was talking about as being fake as fake could be all year, and it by the end of the season kind of regressing to to that mean. We're still saying that he's well. Okay, well there there we go. We'll see. And I um I also have Gio Gonzalez in here. So it's really the biggest difference to me. The biggest takeaway is probably that I have three starting pitchers in this round. You have one relief pitcher in this round, and otherwise a lot of batters. That's interesting. I. I assume. Wait. So is Kenley Jansen uh, ranked no. in the top sixty for you? No. Whoa. Okay. No. Wow. I would wow, take. Wow, wow, I, wow, I have wow. Kenley. Jan- I have Kenley Jansen in round six. So the the round above this. But oh wow, there we go. You have Gary Sanchez in this. <laughs> I know. And you do. Do you do you have him earlier? Uh, you're gonna have to wait and see. Oh wow! This is there's going to be a lot of this, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I think so. Why don't we Why don't we move to the to forty eight to thirty seven here? Paste those yeah, in, and we'll that. um, we'll see if this provides us any clarity. I'm I'm a little worried that this isn't going to help gonna us get even farther. Make any more sense? Well, I I already know that me where uh, Elvis Andrews fell in my list, which is number forty eight, is not going to jive for you. Okay, that's not too that's not too far removed though. I'm thinking. So you have man. Okay, wow. So we're actually we're really close on Jake Degrom. I have him 45. You have him 43. So really, we have a big disagreement about what happens right after Degrom. <laughs> and then Christian Yelich, I have him at 47, and you have him 42. right there. Okay. Yeah. So 
okay and i think that's that's really what i wanted to capture and carlos carrasco was really the next starting pitcher on the board for me uh-huh man so you so you really you really view that as a totally separate tier of pitching so that's oh, really absolutely that's really where it falls and apart. carlos carrasco would be closer to jacob de he actually was um except for i just i <laughs> i see him negatively in the way that i did my ranks kind of negatively were negatively affected by his injury history sure um i tried i tried to bake that in a little bit but i i'm i know that my pitching metric um this year really blew that out of the water in other words yeah my pitching metric undervalues or um is not sensitive to injuries right now wow now this Tell me, what are you Where upset do by? You don't him? like Ramirez, huh? Is Eric's Where highlighting is Jose Ramirez right now and and getting angry at, to himself over there? I'm trying to figure out where he was. Oh wow, yeah, you're well. You're, it's gonna be a while before you see his <laughs> name on my side. All right, you want to reveal the next round? All right, let's get the next. Let's get the next round going. Okay, here we go. Oh no. Ooh. Oh, there's Billy. Look at you. Billy's Billy, you had him up on my list. What? Wow. 20, 25 ahead. Look at you having Where Okay, I don't understand. I I don't understand your pitchers now. Like I are the next two round like is the next round just all pitchers? There are too many pitchers. I maybe I maybe I asked more than maybe there aren't 12. Didn't end up being 12. So we just have Here's Steven Strasburg, the um, third pitcher listed. I, I. Uh, okay, I don't have twelve pitchers. I, I think that a few got, got bumped along yeah, the way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is like this seems really light. Um, I gotta say, I uh, you know, I love you for putting Gene Segura on there. He doesn't even make my list. I yeah, I know. I in the same way that injuries probably. It's the hits help, and then um, the way that I I normalize some things, mm. and I in the three year to six hundred. Oh, I six hundred at six hundred at bats, and then I penalize people who didn't get there um, in some of the years. So it, so he ended up doing really well. That's an interesting philosophy because, well, yeah, absolutely. I I went with over a three year sample that you're getting a statistically relevant idea of how many games they'll miss. So I just believed that over the course of three okay. years, it would be fine to, um, to compare their some excuse me, to compare their some outlier totals. Yeah. Um, and Gene Segura, I mean, he gets injured a lot. He, he does. Unfortunately for you, he worries. What do you think me. about this? We, we place. How, how'd you get him there? I'm curious. He doesn't show up in my list at all. He ends up having a, having a pretty good history track record, but um, you know he was even going into this this year. There was still talk about like ah, oh, we could we're gonna get, come back into Puig being one of the top players. But there again, you know, like this year he was showing enough that I mean, he's a top eighty player, and if you were to have a full season of him. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Know. Now, this I, is this is what's going to happen to a lot of people. Puig is going to end up in the conversation again. It's like, well, is he going to come back? 
He's still yeah. No, I, I mean, young it's, enough it's a relevant question. Now, I got to ask, do you feel good about Josh Donaldson, a first-round pick this year, being ranked number 31? I mean, Carlos Gomez went from being a first-round draft pick to being, like, number 100 the next year. So <laughs> I I could see him, if, if I'm going to go down with that chip, I think that that's okay, given the injuries that he had this year. Sure. And, and and unfortunately, this is one of those things where it's not like, I think that that's the wrong spot for him. Like, I would be, I personally would be super excited if I got him at 31. But I think if you're talking about how to place a value in the range of outcomes, because he's got the highest standard deviation of acceptable yeah, absolutely. ranks. Like, if someone ranked him 100 be like, right, I got it. <laughs> um, and if someone ranked him number twelve, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Anywhere between that, I'd I'd understand that rank. But oof, yeah. I think you know. Right before we go to the break here, um, the other thing that I would say is that uh, our difference in evaluating Giancarlo Stanton is interesting. Mine is based on injury and just mm-hmm. lost lost playing time and concern there. I think yours is your. You're still, I mean, that's still not where you would rank him. I think we would both rank him higher if you could guarantee he was going to get 600 plate appearances. I I absolutely but I, agree. But I think we're yeah, both no, that's the thing. He's a he's a top 10 player. Yeah. If you can, if if you know that he's going to get 600 at bats, but you don't, so you have to figure out how to to reasonably you know, discount him. Whereas like, you know, we were just talking about Anthony Rendon here. I have him at 26. <laughs> you have him at 41, 15 spot difference. And I think that that's, well, that's sort of, for me, that's placing a premium on his reliability. Okay. And his tools and like placing some of these other guys a little bit farther back, you know, cause they're not as reliable. Yeah. I don't know. In case you've ever wondered what the anguished cries of a diehard Vikings fan losing the last hope of their season is, here's an outtake. First of all, do you see what the score of the game is right now? No, I haven't been following. It is three to two. It's gonna go to the half at three to two. Chicago has two. You guys had a <laughs> safety. Yes. It's oh my three God. to two. It's gonna be three to two at the half. That never happens. It's gonna be three to two. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> you know what's not gonna make it better is uh, Case Keenum. All right, so here we come up on the end, the last two rounds. Uh, we spent basically a whole podcast on this at <laughs> the very last one of season zero. So uh, who knows how long this will take? Um, we've already had some confrontations, and hopefully there's some players that are going to be coming up in in Mike's rankings but I I think we're running out of space for him to get any better so let's just uh let's just jump right into it here's what round two of a 12 team league should look like you're gonna you're gonna love these you're gonna love revealing mine because here's because here's 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 Justin Upton on my list at number 17 oh wow (laughs) and Justin Upton on my list is number 18 I know I like it that is the closest thing that we've had basically all day. We have not nailed one. So, I mean, I, you know, I look at this list and I'm like, okay, these are guys that I would take in the second round. I've got, 
you know, McCutcheon. I know that you wouldn't take Will Myers in the second round, but I got to, I got to stand for my boy. Um, we both have Chris Sale. I, we both have Max Scherzer in their sound. This is actually our best overlap. I'm assuming you have Joey Votto in the first round, which is interesting. Yes, indeed. Um, I got Justin Upton, Chris Bryant, Nelson Cruz, JD Martinez. Fine. I'll draft him at 14. Yeah. And, uh, there you go. Very nice. And yeah. uh, the guy that you, I you're said defending 25. here. Ooh, he makes it into both of our second rounds. Anthony Rizzo. I have at 13. You have him at 17. Wow, how do how did I how did I let Rizzo drop that far? Um, whoa, where is Brian Dozier in your list? He's next. He's coming up. He's first rounder. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Oof. Twins bias. I'll tell you. I'll um, tell you why. It makes perfect sense when we get there. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of agreement finally. Some of the ones that I'm surprised at, like you you had Francisco uh, Lindor forever ago, and yeah. I know that we've talked about how we don't. I don't really like him that much, but then I'm doing this exercise and I'm like, he just keeps on getting <laughs> higher and higher. And I higher can't, the list. I can't believe you would take Lindor 16, but uh, sure, why not? People might start their start their leagues that way. These are like, <laughs> this feels like, you know, when you go into a draft and you have your list, and then the draft starts, and all of these players that you never considered start flying off the board. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> like, that's the feeling that I'm having right now. <laughs> like, it's like, oh my God, what did I screw up? <laughs> yeah, like, wait, why do you take Lindor at 16? <laughs> like, I have him, him in the fourth yeah. round. Like, all these things. All right, you ready for this last round? Let's let's actually, we'll we'll walk through each, each of us will walk through these uh, sure. top 12s. Sure, all right, let's um, reveal. Yeah. Uh, I, how about I start with mine? <laughs> Number twelve, the aforementioned Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Indians, and Jesus. he is only going to raise raise up with the zeitgeistiness of the playoffs. Absolutely. I've got Chris Bryant at number eleven, Joey Votto at number ten, Clayton Kershaw coming in at number nine, Bryce Harper at number eight, Mookie Betts at number seven, Charlie Blackman. He can't fool me twice here. Uh, he's going to be number six, so uh, I wouldn't draft him in the top 60 if I were you listening at home on my advice. Um, Nolan Arenado, number five. Trey Turner, number four. Woof. Paul Goldschmidt, number three. Jose Altuve, number two. And Mike Trout, number one. So just to give you some context, I have Trey Turner at uh, number 47, but that's mostly an injury deflation. What if he doesn't yeah, come back quite yeah, right? No. All right. No, let me that. give you let me give you my numbers and uh most of this makes sense. I think I don't know, 2 to 3 of them don't. Number 12, Clayton Kershaw, number 11, Steven Strasburg, number 10, D Gordon. I'll <laughs> defend myself again. Number 9, Corey Kluber, number 8, oh, Edwin Encarnacion. <laughs> number seven, Charlie Blackman. Number six, Brian Dozier. Number five, Jose Altuve. Sorry, bud. Number four, Nolan Arenado. Number three, Mookie Betts. Number two, Mike Trout. Number one, Paul Goldschmidt. Okay, so I like your your top five. The rest of it is crap. <laughs> the rest of it's crap. First of all, we both have Clayton Kershaw in the at the tail end of the first round. We the closest to agreement that we have have on a. On a non-top-five player. Where is where is Encarnacion in your list? 
He's not on it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> after all, after this entire season has been spent with me being like, nah, and when I can see on his crap, and then I rank him, all right, fine, fuck it. I have to draft him in the first round. And you don't even put him in your first five. <laughs> I should have just put him number one just yeah. to mess with you. Um, no, it, it ended up going out the same way that your numbers have been saying that he's supposed to fall off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> fine fine i mean i i hope he does but like from the past three seasons there's nothing in the statistical outlier analysis to suggest that he's not going to be a, going anywhere a first yeah. second round performer i know yeah um yeah how did he fall that much in my in my ranks interesting um steven strasberg number 11 how did he end up ahead of clayton kershaw uh surprisingly over the past this this past season he was more consistent in the don't hurt you zone than clayton kershaw aha uh-huh. that i mentioned last week so there's a lot of weight on my pitching side of the guys where you're like okay i can just start them and not think about it um and i did it sort of in like acknowledging that pitching is all small number statistics so right like you know, it's great if Clayton Kershaw has a 2.56 ERA over the whole season, but it's bad if all of those runs are clustered in two starts for you as a fantasy person. Yeah, that really does. Because you don't know where they're going to show up. Outings. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not that different. I don't think that our I don't think our first two rounds are that crazy, but I agree that you know, just looking back in scope, round five is just we're just off the rails by that point. Like we may as well not be drawing from the same list. Yeah, it's amazing how far like a part we end up getting on the, the rankings in just five rounds just five rounds that's, that's yeah. really crazy have very different player opinions well we knew that all right <laughs> we about ready to wrap this sucker up yeah let's go for it i have to admit haven't seen the new blade runner yet but old blade runner one of my favorite movies what do you think it is a it is a really good movie i watched that watched that at some point in high in um not high school in college i believe yeah for the first time tears and rain yeah <laughs> it's and this is the this is what i was connecting to the voiceover because the version that i that i first saw was the the theatrical version which features the harrison ford voiceovers oh yeah in later those years pretty, later years they've gotten good. rid of those and gotten rid of the just really non sequitur-esque happy ending you gonna carve out some time to see it? I don't know, especially not after the first reviews are in, which I think are probably unnecessarily harsh. Um, but I don't the know. Critical Ryan rev- Gosling, Ryan Gosling, one of my man crushes, but I do think that he has been replaced recently in my man crush list by Michael Fassbender. So I just, you know, I don't know if it's enough. Enough for a ticket. It's the subtle it's the subtle fast bender accent. I'm I'm with you there. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you on the fast bender accent. Did you see did you watch the other the other Ridley Scotts? I mean, this you know, now you're now you're just talking about Ridley Scott protagonists, but the Prometheus oh, and true. um what was the what's the recent one with him? I haven't watched the recent one. I did watch Prometheus. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't enjoy that. I think I think you should watch the recent one if you like Michael Fassbender because he plays two roles in it. <laughs> Oh, nice. So you get, oh, good. There you go. Twice Double the fast, the fast bender. bender. 
So you should see it. I okay, I agree with that. That that conversation veered wildly from where it started, but I'll accept it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. I have like the I have liked all of the press touring that Harrison Ford yes. and Gosling have been doing, where it's just like two people that don't want to be doing any press tour and especially not together like they don't want to be doing a press tour and they definitely don't want to be there together oh absolutely all right everyone so we got word back on the sloan sports analytics conference and we have one accepted abstract to write a paper <laughs> that's right one one to do a little bit more work i you know it's it's the growth chart one we we had kicked around two ideas we kicked around the growth chart and then the vox populi i think the vox populi was probably just not well enough developed yet um which is probably which is a fair thing um admittedly the growth chart is uh gonna require a considerable amount of development also but oh, yeah. uh we have all the tools, so listeners, I think you're going to be hearing about some uh, growing pains that we'll have over the course of the next couple months. We're, yeah, we're going to be talking about growing pains. We're going to replace BoJack Horseman with uh, going through growing pains episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we only have one more week of BoJack. I meant to mention that at the top. Ooh, I know. Oh, that's so sad. What else are we going to do when we're... Uh, knocking our heads against the wall to hit these growth <laughs> yeah. chart deadlines? But anyway, we'll probably... We'll, we should post our abstract... Um, to the that we submitted to Sloan and we'll get start getting some feedback and people should let us know if there's something that they want to see in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we're we're super excited, even though this is a lot of work that's coming up. Um yeah, congratulations on advancing to the next round of the twenty eighteen <laughs> research paper. They really do hedge their bets quite a bit in that email. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're gonna pull a fast one. And uh, you know, but but this officially means we've gotten an email from Daryl Morey now. We're uh, we're kind of like this. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. We are. Peas to buds. Yeah. Next step, Harden. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just one step away. You know. You know. Let's just say it. I mean, we are best buds with the beard. I. You know, that's that's definitely the takeaway from this email. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about brings us to the review session. Wild Rice Burgers. Why does it have to be the burgers? I Because I want to focus our wild rice energy. I want to give you an energy. Because you knew that I would just go off on a crazy wild rice loving tangent. You, you remember in Forrest Gump, the guy that was talking about all the different ways that you could... <laughs> cook shrimp, shrimp. i feel like that all of a sudden that's how the wild rice conversation would go with you you know i'm not even gonna fight you on that i love i'm just <laughs> this is one thing i want to say just i love a good cold wild rice salad like put some <laughs> celery in it okay i'm done like it, they're so good ask my grandma for the recipe it's unstoppable okay go ahead burgers wow wild rice burgers okay so I was at uh, Fitters in Duluth, and they have famous wild rice burgers, so I'm sure every one of our listeners has heard of them. Uh, I got to say, very, very, very good. Because, I don't know, I'm not a huge veggie burger person, but I have no, I have no qualms with them. 
So this is like perfect because it did the you know wild rice nice and packed up into a burger shape, a little bit of flavoring, just done up like it's a burger. It was great. I'm pretty jealous. I have not had one of these famous ones before, but I've had good veggie burgers studded with a ton of wild rice. That is, that's the way to go. You want to make a veggie burger, get yourself some wild rice. Minnesota. All right, wild and that's harvested. a review session. Minnesota wild harvested, <laughs> no. though. Very, very specific here. Wait, what is that? I don't even. You know just got to get is. the wild harvested stuff from Minnesota. Like, you got to go to the farmers market. You got to buy the little bag. Don't, don't settle for substitutes. So, is it wildly harvested on a farm field, or do you think there's someone who's actually going out? Oh, they're definitely canoeing through the boundary waters. This is my idyllic vision <laughs> of making a wild rice burger. <laughs> Like, a dude got up, it's like 5 a.m., there's some fog on the lake, he puts his canoe in the water, he gets out there with his bag, he's harvesting wild rice, he's back, you know, he works a long day, it's probably like 3 p.m. when he comes back, he drinks himself some local mezzo brew, and uh, he's good, that's just his life, he's the hipster wow. wild rice he puts rice it farmer. probably on a target hamburger bun oh he absolutely does why would you get something fancier than that yeah wow okay um i can't i know that you probably do have that vision (laughs) i i really do that is not the first time that i've articulated that vision (laughs) so wild rice isn't even rice though i have heard this it's not it is a grain that is similar to rice yeah it's like it's it, good though. It's, it's like if you nice ate grass hearty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's nice and hearty. It really is, you know, nice and it's very good for I don't the understand. veggie burgers. Do people not have wild rice elsewhere? It was a very rare occasion that we would have wild rice. That is weird. That is weird to me. It's very weird. Like how often would you have wild rice? Like once a week? No, no, no. Not once a week. Once every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Every no, other probably week, more yeah. like probably more like once a month for being realistic but man did i love it Whew. yeah maybe i don't i don't think that i have made wild rice for myself since graduating from college your average rice cooker definitely does not have wild rice setting on it i don't make wild rice and i don't wait i don't i don't make rice in a rice cooker just stovetop always you gotta embrace technology this is a conversation for another day but i'm gonna ready my argument next week (laughs) continuing the rice theme rice cookers okay tune in next week for the rice cooker debate all right well i think that about wraps it up time for a little housekeeping be sure to subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on twitter fantasy tools mind the z thank you mild manor for letting us use your tunes be sure to follow them on soundcloud and facebook Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. I'll... <laughs> All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah!